And if you've got somebody who pops into your inbox who seems to have an intimate understanding of your show and your audience and offers you the kind of content that your audience would love because they've pitched you perfectly, then that can be an absolute no-brainer to say, yes, please come on my podcast and come and talk about those things. Welcome to Start Yours, a podcast from Obolo about starting a business. I'm Alicia McCormack and today my co-host David Ranikar is bringing you an interview that was inspired by a listener question. We love hearing from you so if you have a question make sure you get in touch. Podcast at obolo.com is where you can send us an email or a voice message. This week's question comes from Waya who wants to know the benefits of launching a podcast for your brand and marketing to an audience via the medium. Here is what are the top three processes or tasks that looking back you realize are the most effective most important aspects of preparation and creation when building a podcast and the second part to that question what are the top tools or resources that you can recommend to people starting podcasts that will take them to the next level, whether that's automation of certain processes, whether that's just ease of uh, use, these tools, just general necessity overall in terms of creating, managing, editing, and sharing their podcast. Thank you. It's a really good question, and as a podcast producer, there is a lot to unpack here. Our guest this episode is Rachel Corbett, who has spent almost two decades working professionally in the media, specializing in podcasting and radio. She was the head of podcasts for Mamma Mia, the largest women's podcast network in the world, where she helped grow the network audience to over 1 million unique listeners a month and over 90 million downloads. Imagine that many people listening to your podcast. It's crazy. She's also the founder of Pod School, a comprehensive course about starting a podcast. And what she doesn't know about podcasts, guys, it ain't worth knowing. As always, we hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you do, please consider subscribing. All right, here's David and Rachel Corbett. So to start out, I wanted to ask, start yours listeners. So this would be people who, who have launched a business or people who might be thinking about la- launching their own business. Um, should they consider launching their own podcast? You know, what are some of the pros and cons of that and some of the, the, the kind of the headline, you know, top level things that they should keep in mind as they think about podcasts? I think a lot of people are very obsessed with podcasts and there's this sort of feeling of FOMO where they feel like they have to get involved in podcasting. Otherwise, they're not like truly embracing this kind of online content vibe. But Honestly, not every brand needs a podcast. And in fact, quite often your business won't necessarily be suited to having a podcast. What you need to really think about if you've got a business and you're thinking about getting into podcasting is what would your ideal listener want? So, you know, you think about that a lot when you're developing your website and thinking about your copy and thinking about who you're talking to. The same kind of process goes for a podcast. You really need to be making a show that people want to listen to rather than trying to get your brand message into people's ears because people don't actually want to listen to that stuff, you know. It's it's almost like you have to think, what kind of show would I put ads on for my brand? So what kind of podcast would I look out for that I know there would be an audience for that I could put ads on? And if that you can think of something that relates to your brand, you should make that show, you know, but not every brand is going to have the kind of products and services that naturally translate into having a podcast. So I think you've just always got to be listener first with anything that you do. And the reason for that is 
you know, I think people have a misconception about how many people listen to podcasts. Uh, you know, the if you have 125 downloads, like over 125 downloads, you're in the top 50%. If you've got 1,000, you're in the top mm. 20%. You know, if you've got 32 over 32,000, you're in the top 1%. Like we're not talking about millions and millions of leads. And quite often your websites go and get more traffic potentially than your podcast will. But some of the pros about having a podcast, if you can find the right idea for an audience, is it is a fantastic way to get your personality, like your individual personality, but the also, also the personality of your brand across in a way that is much easier to express than in copy. You know, we're all trying to shove our personality into copy, but you can really do it when you're using your voice. You can establish trust and connection with potential customers that might be wondering about whether they should spend money with you and then they listen to you and they like your vibe and they think, oh, I really like what this person's about and they sound really authentic and that can actually be the difference between them reaching into their wallet or not. Um, And you can also keep that relationship going with people who have purchased something from you and, you know, so that you're not just taking their credit card details and then running for for the hills. So there's a lot of pros, (laughs) but there's a lot of cons. It's a heck of a lot of work. I don't think people anticipate how much work it is. And that's why of the over a million podcasts there are out there, most of them have faded into oblivion. You know, that it it takes a Mm -hmm. lot. I think a lot of people sit down and go, of course, I just sit in front of a microphone for 30 minutes and that's it. But if you're going to do this, you'd be surprised at how much work it is. So is the podcast the right way? Some uh, some brands it'll be the perfect um, sweet spot for. Others it might be better to put ads on other podcasts, guests on other podcasts, find another way to utilize other people's podcasts. You mentioned the, the idea of finding listeners and if a podcast is the right way to reach your target group. And I think that that's such a, a key consideration because you can you know produce a lot of cool stuff and, and, and spend a lot of time and energy and money making a shiny podcast, but if you don't have the the listeners, like a really like a defined set of listeners, then then it really might just be, you know, throwing noise into the air without without any returns. So what should people think about when they try to determine if they can get, you know, a, a viable target audience and, and and how they might be attracting not just listeners, but listeners who would have uh, you know in the end some sort of business relationship with the brand. I guess you should sit down really and think about who are your best customers, who are people that, um, you know, spend money on your products, who do you think might spend money on your products, and then kind of use that that person or that idea, those people, as a base for you sitting down and designing your ideal listener. And, and then I'd sort of, you know, flesh that kind of out a little bit so that you can think about, okay, who am I speaking to? If I was going to do a podcast, who would I be speaking to? And then you want to think about whether you can come up with the kind of content that that group would be searching for anyway, even if your brand wasn't associated with it. So, you know, with my business, it's an online podcasting course. People want to know a lot about podcasts, how to start them. It is a natural thing for me to do a podcast where I'm doing little tips each week that are podcast related to help you improve your podcast that you can get for free. And that's a natural then funnel in a way into my paid course because people get comfortable with me as a person. They understand that I know what I'm talking about. They either like or they don't like my vibe, you know, which is part of things as well. They get a sense of whether they trust me or not. And then some of those people might step in and do my online course. So it might be as simple if you've got a brand as that that it, it seems like there's you could give tips or something, that you could share your expertise. It might be something like that. You could also have a business where maybe there is content associated with what you do 
that is um, something you could wrap your brand around. So, for example, I used to host a podcast for the network that I used to run. Um, I was a head of podcast for a network in Australia called Mamma Mia. We had a podcast called Lady Startup. That was basically me sitting down with female entrepreneurs who had, you know, like women like Melanie Perkins who built Canva, um, people who had built really successful businesses that people who were hoping to build their own business would look to and aspire to and they wanted to kind of hear those stories and then there was a course associated with that podcast that we would put ads in every now and then when the course would open now that wasn't us giving business tips on that podcast it was us giving that sort of you know these are the stories of Mm -hmm. where you could get to kind of content that people interested in business would be searching for anyway and then it just so happens that there were ads for this course that of course those people who are interested in that might be interested in purchasing um, to start their own business anyway but there's a whole audience out there that are just interested in hearing the stories of the businesses they know really well and how they were built so I think you just always have to think about you know your ideal listener is always going to be hopefully somebody who's going to purchase something that you um selling so think about that at the center but then think about what content that you have that people will genuinely find useful entertaining engaging and really try and separate that from what you're trying to sell them because people don't want to be sold to they want to be entertained and engaged and you by having your brand associated with content that they want to consume you will reap the benefits of that people will buy your products but they're not going to listen to your show if it just sounds like a giant ad yeah are there any not obvious business slash podcast combinations that you've seen where, where there's a, a company selling whatever and, and they were able to do a, a podcast that's kind of adjacent to their niche, but not necessarily one that would be totally obvious where where there's been a fit that, that maybe wasn't so obvious on, on the service level? I think the one that always gets cited is um, GE's podcast that came out years ago called The Message, which was, um, at, it came out at a time when fiction podcasts weren't a huge thing. And it was a, a fiction podcast that stepped into that sci-fi space it was it, it didn't really even have any branding around it so it ended up getting a lot of um, free publicity and free press because it did not sound like a branded podcast and I think that's something that as a brand and as a business I've made a lot of branded podcasts and one of the most difficult and frustrating and lengthy conversations that you end up having to have with brands is wrestling them to this idea of how saying their brand name a million times might feel great for them but it's not great for an audience uh-huh. so you know that that was a good example of a, a business that ended up doing spectacularly well out of a podcast that really didn't even have their brand associated with it but because it was such good content that people really engaged with that got a huge amount of um, listeners they got a whole bunch of free press and everybody was you know giving high fives to, to GE. So I think that's a good lesson for brands. You don't have to go that far and and not put your um, brand in there at all or do something that is sort of adjacent to to what you do. You can be, you know, closer associated with your business, but you just, you will always reap more benefits if it sounds like you are doing something for an audience rather than yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of, a lot of branded podcasts that that you just mentioned that are, you know, produced by a company. You know, our, our show is one of them. We make this on behalf of Ober though, of course. And then there's also, you know, the the branch of the of the podcast world where it's it's sponsored shows that have you know paid ads that pop up during the show or after the show before whenever that's how they pay the bills that's that's why they do it is to to you know get the ears and then use use that as as leverage to sell ads what what can you tell us about the the difference between these two options so the 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 branded stuff on on the one side and then the other ones that are more 
I don't know if you'd call them purely entertainment or, or engagement where the, there might not be a product or anything, you know, directly to buy on the other side of it, but that, um, they, they're nonetheless generating revenue via, via ads. Yeah. So, uh, the branded podcast, when you're really the, the difference there is that your brand is heavily involved in the content. So when you're working with brands to make a branded podcast, you know, there is a lot of, a lot of approval. If you are a content creator, who's making content for a brand, it's your job to really make sure that you can, um, you know, be the champion for the content winning at the end of the day and trying to kind of like get that good balance between, the brand feeling comfortable with what you're doing and feeling like they're getting enough out of it financially for the investment, as well as you also creating a show that people are going to want to listen to. So there's a much deeper integration in terms of the approval process and what's actually involved. And honestly, for brands to do that with a creative agency or a company or something, it's expensive. You know, it's expensive because there's there's a lot um, involved in that process. When you are sponsoring a show, essentially you are going to where an audience already exists and you're going to a show that already has an existing um, bunch of listeners and um, and they've you know got content that people really enjoy and you're placing your ads around that so you have zero impact input on the content you know you're essentially only in charge of the content that is your 30 second or 15 second or whatever it is ad that's the only content that you have any input on and you are basically just I guess, putting your brand around content that you already know that people really enjoy. So this can be a much better way to do things if you want to experiment with advertising in podcasts, but you don't necessarily want to leap right into creating a podcast of your own, which doesn't guarantee success and is also a heck of of a lot of work. If there are podcasts already that exist in your niche that you think, you know what, my ideal customer is definitely going to be listening to this podcast because this is this is exactly the kind of stuff that they would be interested in. It can be a really good idea to maybe reach out to those podcasts and see if you can put ads on their shows rather than starting a show of your own from scratch. If somebody does want to start a show of their own, I'm curious how far they could stray from the bullseye of what their business is. You just mentioned niches and if if there's a podcast in your in your niche. And so I'm wondering what sort of liberties somebody could take. So for example, if you have an online store that sells wooden kids toys, for example, could you launch a podcast mm-hmm. about childhood education? Or, or if, if you have a store that's selling outdoor gear, could you launch a podcast about camping? You know, so like how, how tightly do you think the podcast content needs to be linked to the things that might get sold? I mean, is, is it more important to to create the awesome content and the engagement, uh, which which might liberate you to do more topics? Or are you going to end up wasting your time if you go too far afield and you're doing something that's doesn't really have a, a direct line back to the uh, purchase button. It doesn't have to be direct in that you're like, I sell wooden toys. I can only talk about wooden toys. In <laughs> fact, if if you've got a wooden, <laughs> but if you've got wooden, if you're selling wooden kids toys, you can absolutely do a show about childhood education because you're assuming that the people who listen to that show either have kids or maybe uh, teachers, so would be around kids, so would probably need to buy the kind of toys, so, so, you know, um, providing you're appealing to people uh, in the same age range that have got kids in the same age range as the toys that you're selling, then yes, you're giving content that is to an audience that are probably going to be looking for that product. If you have an outdoor gear sh- um, shop, 
then those are the type of people who love to go camping. So if you do a show about camping, then they're naturally going to be somebody that are, that are going to be looking for um, camping and outdoor gear as well. So I think you can go as far as you can creatively think as long as you don't go so far that the people you're appealing to are no longer your ideal customers. So that I, I really think the sky's the limit in terms of how creative you can be. And that's one of the magic things about podcasting. There are no rules. You can have a show as short or as long as you want, as long as that suits your content and your audience. You know, you don't want to talk for three hours just because you think it's um, going to be fun. You want to talk for three hours because the people listening want you to talk for three mm-hmm. hours. So there's really so much scope for what you could do as long as you don't step far enough away that people are listening to a show about camping and your business sells wooden children's, <laughs> children's toys, <laughs> you know. Like I feel like it's got to be in the same kind of vague area of where you're trying to make your money. But that doesn't mean that you have to just be very specifically and li- uh, no, the better word for that is you don't have to be literal. You don't have to be literal about what you're doing. You can take the essence of what you do and create a show a- a- out of that, but you still want to be appealing to your customers. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Now, you've mentioned a couple of times the, the work involved with making a podcast, and this is a topic that I wanted to, to circle around to. Um, and, and I think there might be a perception, you know, uh, in, in some circles at least, that creating a podcast is not that much work. You know, like a, like a 25 minute podcast episode is is basically just 25 minutes of work, and then you hit upload, and then you're ready to roll. Um, you're just talking, right? So it's it's just shooting the breeze, and then and then and then publishing it. But um, I've done this enough to know that that it's it's not simple. There's a lot of a uh, lot of moving parts, and a lot of things you need to to do. A lot of growing pains as well. So I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about the the hidden challenges or the, the 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 work and the headaches that people are going to unearth as they as they get into podcasts things that that people might not expect um, if they've never done it before i think what you're trying to say is that it can be a punish <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it can be a real punish like this is my absolute wheelhouse like this is what i do it's what i love and there are some weeks where i'm like i cannot be stuffed. It is a lot of work. And so if you do not go in there with like a genuine passion for the content that you're doing and that you're thinking, you know what, I would make this even if I didn't want it to go anywhere or whatever. I just think there's a really killer idea. I love, you know, I want to really um, get this out into people's uh, ears. I think it'll really entertain people, engage people. I love turning up. You need that at the bottom of all of this because there are going to be some weeks where you are pulling your hair out going, oh my gosh, this is taking so much more time than I actually have. And if you don't have that real passion for it at the bottom of it, it's going to, you're going to be one of those podcasts that fades out really quickly. So I think some of the things that people don't understand is um, editing. That's an essential part of every single show. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I would never ship a single thing out without editing it. It's not like you get to the point where eventually you get so good that you can just lay things down in one crack and you don't have to touch it. It doesn't happen. If you want to create a show that's genuinely listener first and you are shipping out your best possible content, you're always going to edit. That takes a long time. Mm -hmm. And the longer your show is, the longer it's going to take you to edit it. Because if you've got a one-hour show, just to listen to it takes an hour. 
So the process of going through that and chopping it, chopping it, chopping it, that's like sometimes it can take five hours to edit a one-hour show easy, you know. So you really need to think about um, editing because that's really important. Then there's all the stuff around the podcast that people don't think about, like creating show notes for every episode, creating, you know, audio snippets if you want to promote your show with audio, um, sharing your show on social media. The other thing a lot of people... Uh, tend to do is just share it the day that it's released and then never share it again but if you want people to constantly be finding your show you need to be scheduling that stuff for for far into the future the other thing that takes a lot of time coming up with content Mm -hmm. holy heck you know you really want to be trying to plan as far ahead as you can because that takes a lot of time so all of that stuff it's not just I sit down and I chat into a microphone in fact if you want that bit to sound really good the prep and the planning beforehand has to be pretty in depth to make sure that when you're in the moment when you're presenting you're like hey I'm here I'm having I know what I'm doing I know where we're going and I'm really enjoying this um but there's a lot around the show that takes a lot of time yeah for sure and I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you need to have kind of a a real passion for it if you're going to mess with it because there's going to be weeks or months where it's where it's just a pain in the ass and that's the same attitude that we talk about when it comes to launching a store or like you know when you choose the products you're selling or when you choose your niche like you're going to have to be, you're going to need to be into it because it's not always going to be smooth. You're going to have face plants and, and duds and ads that you just burn money on. And so I think, I think that, that principle that you're talking about of, of being, you know, committed from the get go, that's, I mean, that's, that, that rings true. It rings familiar. And so I think that that's a great way to think about it. If somebody is committed to doing a podcast, if they think this is, you know, if, if they have a, a a type of product or a business that they think I can make more noise about my business via podcast. I'm sick of Facebook ads. Let's, let's, you know, let's get creative and do this. Okay. They're there. That's great. What, what are the things that they're going to need to do in terms of like the nitty gritty, like equipment, like what, what do they need to buy or to download or, or, you know, what's the hardware that's going to be required to create the sort of listener friendly podcast that you're talking about? So it really depends on how they're going to do it. And I've actually got a little guide that goes through some of the things that you need. So if anybody listening um, wants to download that rather than sit here furiously and take notes, you can just head to podcastguide.com.au and download that. But essentially it depends. So if you are going to do your show just you by yourself, um, then you can probably get away with a microphone, which you will need to purchase headphones that you have at home so you could get away with that for free and audio editing software so you want to plug a microphone straight into your computer and that you can purchase or you can get that for free audacity is a free program you can use so if you just wanted to get started just you and a microphone then just buying a a usb mic is is all you'd need to do to get started with that if you want to take your show out on the road you can take your laptop computer and and use that but i i usually advise against that because it's, I've had sometimes when I've recorded um, podcast episodes on the laptop, and forty-five minutes into it, the laptop's crashed, and then you end up with no audio. So, um, which is always a punish. Uh-huh. So, I, I I have a portable recorder, a Zoom, and that's what I use basically for all of my recording because that lets me take my um, kit out, and I can plug as many microphones as I need because you need. A microphone for every single person you don't want to have a microphone in your hand and to be moving it around because you'll hear the noise of your hand on it you'll you'll inevitably inevitably try and shove the microphone in your uh in your guest's face and you won't catch them so that you'll get a bit of audio as they're sort of moving away from the microphone and it'll sound like this so you want to make sure you've got a mic stand and a microphone for any person that's going to be talking on your show because you want the microphones out of people's hands as well 
So if you're on the road, a portable recorder can be can be really good. And then I also use that portable recorder. You can plug that straight into your computer to use as a USB microphone mm-hmm. as well. Um, so you know that, and that then you just need editing software, which is the same as the recording software. So again, you could just use Audacity, which you can do for free. So you can really kick off um, with not much gear at all. And and with a microphone, you know, there's a mic out that a lot of podcasters use. It's the Audio Technica. They used to have a twenty one hundred. I think they just continued it now it's the 2100x really simple usb microphone that works really well you you don't need to spend a lot of money on a microphone in fact some of those really high-end expensive microphones are often designed to be used in a soundproof studio and are actually the worst thing you can use if you are recording at home in your bedroom because they'll pick up a whole bunch of room noise that you don't want it to pick up and what you're going to have uh have to think a lot about is where you record so you know you don't want to record in your kitchen you don't want to record in the toilet like nowhere with tiles and reflective surfaces and stuff like that the wear of where you record is really going to have a huge impact on the quality of of what you're recording but apart from that you can really start um, super simply you don't have to have a a gigantic setup or a full home studio or masses of equipment just a microphone headphones and your editing equipment if you're just going solo and, and you'd be ready to roll now in last week's episode of of start yours we talked a lot about outsourcing and and the various things that, you know, if you're running a business, if you're marketing a business, things that you could kind of pawn off on other people. Um, There's a lot of talent out there and and there's a lot of ways to leverage it. So that's, that's something that, you know, Oberlo users have taken a lot of advantage of. Um, When it comes to podcasts, is is there also kind of a, an industry out there or is there, you know, are there freelancers all over the place that would be willing to do some of the, the nitty gritty editing or, or production work that, that you just mentioned was, was particularly time consuming? There are. There definitely are. There are some great ones. There are some dud ones. (laughs) There are some expensive ones. There are some cheap ones. You know, it's really a mixed bag and it can be a long time before you find your person. I think as with anything that in business, in anything, you want to work with those people that you trust, that understand what you're trying to, to create. And with audio, if you have the budget for it, and you don't have the time to edit, absolutely, you can get your show edited. It might take a little time to find your person. I would encourage you to obviously listen to the work that they have out there. I would get them to send you the contacts of some people that they've worked with before. If they are great at their job, they're not going to mind that at all so that you can get in touch with those people and see if they're good to work with. I would also give them a small editing task. So that's not three hours of audio and then saying, can you put together a show? Because they'll be like, are you just trying to use me for free? to edit your podcast but you know just a small portion of your audio hope you know you would want to get something that needs a bit of cleaning up and just see what they send back just to get a sense of whether they can actually do edit your audio properly because there's a lot of people out there who are saying they can edit audio and who aren't very good at editing um, podcast audio so you just want to make sure that you're choosing the right person to go with I I find if you have time and you don't have a huge amount of budget it is worth learning how to do. It is scary to begin with, but actually it's just about practice. Once you practice um, and get better and better at editing the stuff, you can do it yourself. And I just find personally, I mean, it's mildly because I'm a control freak, but you know, you don't want to go back and forth with somebody a million times saying, oh, could you cut that bit out and then cut this bit out and then this bit and then this bit? Because every time you get back and forth with someone, it costs you a bit extra money. Mm-hmm. So even if you were able to do a basic rough cut of an edit so that you didn't have to have somebody go through your audio and, and cut the bits out of it, and then you gave it to them and 
said, okay, now could you put an intro and outro on it and then send it back to me? You know, even if you could help that process along, it'd be worth kind of learning um, learning a bit about how to how to edit to cut down some of the costs there. But if you've got budget and you want to get somebody else to do it, you can absolutely find someone. I, I would just make sure that you know exactly what they're capable of and that you check with other clients that they've had to see that they're that they're good. Yeah, this idea of giving them kind of a, a muddy audio file is great. Yeah, I've I've done that in the past too. You know, give them something yeah. that has a hiss in the background or something where the the other side sounds like they're in a swimming pool. You know, and, and just say you know, and, and that doesn't need to be long either. That can just be, here's, here's 17 Definitely. seconds of crappy audio, make it pretty, just, or, you know, make it as pretty as you can. And then you can kind of go from there. Now there are other ways that a business could make, you know, make some noise with a podcast besides having their own. And so one of those would be being a guest on somebody else's podcast. And I think that this, this would be especially viable for somebody who, you know, isn't particularly experienced in in all the mechanics that are involved with creating a podcast, but somebody who nonetheless is is a real expert on on what they do and and they're expert on the niche that they are in. So if you don't want to start your own, um, what are what are some of the ways that that a business owner or a brand could go about trying to take advantage of podcasts, kind of in this in this other way where you leverage somebody else's. This can be a great idea because of what I mentioned earlier about how finding content for your show can be a real pain in the butt and how you can have like be planning and thinking, God, I don't know what to do for that episode. And if you've got somebody who pops into your inbox who seems to have an intimate understanding of your show and your audience and offers you the kind of content that your audience would love because they've pitched you perfectly, then that can be an absolute no-brainer to say, yes, please come on my podcast and come and talk about those things. So if you pitch yourself right, and you are actually coming at it from a place of I like this show I think my ideal customer will be listening to it I think I've got expertise that their audience is really going to find useful I'm going to pitch that specifically so not just hey could I I could come on and talk about whatever you wanted Mm -hmm. actually pitch that person specifically the information that you could provide them Um, and that, that can be a really easy sell if the person on the receiving end is is clear that you've listened to their show, that you understand their audience and that you're making a pitch for content that naturally fits with them. I've had plenty of people pitch me over the years and the jobs that I've done where I wanted to write back, you have never listened to a single <laughs> show on this network. <laughs> <laughs> it blows my mind what some people will pitch and the fact that you think, hang on a second, immediately, if I think that you've pitched me and you don't even know what the rest of the network is or you don't even realise that you've pitched me something for a show where we would never put that content on that show ever, you think, why does that make me feel like you're going to be a safe pair of hands if I get you onto this show to, to do that? So. I would just always make sure that you are really clearly showing that you understand what their content is, who their audience is, and you show how you can provide value. And you, if you do that well and succinctly, don't send nine pages of an explanation, get that, that across quickly, you'll be surprised how quickly people will take you up on the offer because it fills an episode. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> is there anything, I mean, I think that there's a lot of stuff, if, if you were going to be a guest on a podcast, even if you weren't a podcast guest savant, there's a lot of things that you would just kind of intuitively know you need to do you know you need to be knowledgeable you need to have good energy and all that stuff um is there anything less obvious that that would make a a guest appearance that much more impactful things that that a you know somebody who's trying to get on somebody else's show uh things that they should keep in mind if they do land that spot 
I think it's a good idea to uh, have a decent microphone mm-hmm. if you can. <laughs> you know, if that's possible, you don't, again, you don't have to buy an expensive one, but you could get a microphone for 100, 150 bucks. You know, if you, if you think this is something that you want to do consistently, it makes a huge amount of difference for a podcaster because audio quality is a very important thing. If you want to have a successful podcast, you need to think about how your show sounds. If I take my show seriously and I've got somebody on the other end and we're going to be talking for 20 minutes, an hour, whatever, and they're on Apple earbuds, forget about it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> that happened to us once at Start Yours. Yeah. it's it, and, and look, sometimes you're going to get Oprah and you're like, look, Oprah, if you've only got your Apple earbuds, I'll, I'll, let, it, I'll let it go through to the keeper because we know how good your content is. So sometimes you'll let it go through. But more often than not, if you are the one pitching yourself, hoping to get on other people's shows, you want to be as appealing as possible. So that's a big part of it. I would also just you know, be the guest that preps and that says to that person, you know, don't ask for the questions because not everybody wants to send through their questions. But say, if you would like to send me the questions, I'd be more than happy to make sure that I'm researched on everything. You know, please let me know if there's anything specific you would like me to prepare. Afterwards, after you've got after you've gone on the show, if they don't send it, they'll probably send you a link of things that you can actually share out on your social media. If you create your own social tiles and you share back to their podcast episode and you spruik it on your social channels, that's going to be a really great thing as well because really that's getting their show in front of a new audience as well. So those kind of things can make you a really appealing guest to people. All right, Rachel, one more question for you, then I will let you get out of here. And I wanted to ask about how coronavirus and, and COVID-19 in this weird situation that we're in right now, how this is affecting podcasts consumption because i think that there's been I mean, i've seen some headlines i know I, I follow this stuff more closely than a lot of people but i've seen some headlines about um how there's not as many people listening to podcasts or about how podcasts are uh, are really hurting you know because nobody's commuting or because people aren't at the gym as much etc you know as as somebody who's who lives and, and breathes this stuff what what are you seeing and what are you hearing um inside the industry when it comes to how the pandemic has affected podcast consumption I've actually seen it turn around a fair bit. Uh, So I think originally when everything started shifting and people's commute was no longer uh, in the usual hours of sort of, you know, six to eight and four and, you know, five to seven or whatever, there was a real change for a lot of podcast producers that I know of. And they they did see a real drop off in in their numbers. But then I've actually seen things turn around recently where numbers are really better than ever for a lot of podcasters that I know and I think it's because people are slowly adjusting I feel like people get into a routine and a rhythm and as a podcaster you start to get a sense of oh this is when people download my show and yep I can see I can get this many people each um you know each episode and and you start to get comfortable with a certain rhythm but I think what this has shown is that when people's behaviors go out of whack some of those things can really change and if you have good solid content people will always come back to that. Mm -hmm. You know, once life gets less crazy and they start to realize, okay, I'm just going to get into a new rhythm and a new routine, then it recalibrates and people will always come back to to good content. So I think if you have just got a great show that really appeals to an audience that's good quality even if something unpredictable like COVID happens and you see a dip in your numbers 
that's not forever. You know, things do come back on on track. Um, and particularly now, I think when a lot of people have sort of gotten a bit used to this time by themselves, slowing down a little bit. I, I, I've really seen with a lot of producers that, that people are listening more and more. So I don't think this should make anybody shy away. In fact, it can often give a little bit more time because I mean you can't go out to a restaurant very right, often right. anymore so why not spend that time that you used to be sipping margaritas out at a table um, you know put that time into developing a podcast it could be a real opportunity I think to to get something up and going at this time perfect all right Rachel we can leave it there um, thanks so much for joining us once again Rachel Corbett uh, you can find more awesome stuff over at pod school lots of great information and courses about how to launch your own podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for the time. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. If you'd like more information about what we do, make sure you head to obolo.com slash blog. And again, if you have a question, a theme or a topic that you'd like us to explore, make sure you get in touch. Podcast at obolo.com is where you can send us an email or a voice message. Until next week.